Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And gold in the aftermarket. The New York spot prices. We're seeing gold up live. $10.40. Trying to go higher, but that just seems to stay pretty much at ten. We had a high of eleven ninety three, and we're currently at eleven eighty nine. Silver today is up twenty nine cents at sixteen forty nine. Platinum is up seventeen at eleven fifty one. Palladium is up seven at seven hundred and eighty four. The USDX today is trading higher, point two two. At 94.43, crude oil is down 0.22 at 58.93. And the paper markets today, they were higher for most of the day, but certainly off the their peaks of the day, their high peaks. Uh, we have the Dow at uh, up 46 points at 18,070. The NASDAQ is up 11 at 5,016. The S&P is up 6 at 21.14. The yen, um, not the yen, but the euro is 111. Um, oh, 10-year yield, that's moving right on up, 2.14%. And uh, foreign markets, Germany was up almost 1.5%. Asian markets pretty much flat in trade overnight. Thank you, Al. Thank me for what, Melody? <laughs> I don't. To, I don't control the markets. You, I just, I'm just observe trying to get them. you to go. Hey, you had some action close to where you live. Well, yeah, we had a little bit. We had the. Uh, I this this is so this is so bizarre. Uh, here's the headline. You've all probably seen us, but two killed in gunfight outside Muhammad cartoon contest. <laughs> All right, when you just stop to consider the headline all by itself, this is in the Washington Times. Two killed in gunfight outside Muhammad cartoon contest. This sounds like some sort of a joke. All right, it's something that starts out with a Jew, a Catholic, and a Muslim walk into a bar. All right, that's what this reads like. Two killed in a gunfight outside a Muhammad cartoon contest. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, police in the Dallas suburb of Garland, and that's where I happen to live, incidentally, killed two men in a car during a gun battle as they attacked Muhammad Cartoon Drawing Contest. Um, as the event, they had a contest. The, the prize was $10,000 for whoever drew the best car, cartoon concerning Muhammad. And apparently some Muslims took offense, and they decided to shoot the place up. As the event at the Curtis Colwell uh, Center in Garland was ending, two males drove up to the front of the building in a car. Both males were armed and began shooting at a Garland into uh, Independent School District Security Office. Garland police engaged the gunmen, who were both shot and killed. 
one guard who worked for the Garland ISD, the independent school district, was wounded in the melee, which was held under tight security. He was apparently shot in the knee. Uh, more than 40 extra officers were assigned to the event at the expense of the New York-based <laughs> American Freedom Defense Initiative. See, this is interesting. Why did the New York-based American Freedom Defense Initiative, why didn't they hold this event in New York? But in any case, they held it down here in Texas, and maybe they were looking for this kind of result. I'm not sure, which was, again, $10,000 prize for the best cartoon depicting Muhammad. Uh, somebody complained uh, Miss Giller and Mr. Wilders have been the target. They were featured at a Shariah activist, Pamela Geller, and Dutch ally Garrett Wilders. They were present at this, uh, at this contest, and they may have been the intended targets. They've been on death list uh, issued by the Muslims, and uh, it just goes on and on, and it gets it's just bizarre. Muslim, uh, you know, will we have the will we have the event next year? There's the big question. Right. And who is going to go to the event? How many people will go to the event? to sit inside, to watch the cartoons, and how many will sit outside waiting to see if anybody drives up in a car and uh, that looks suspicious and perhaps they'll be inclined to shoot them. <sighs> I don't know what to say. It's just nuts. Two killed in gunfight outside Muhammad cartoon contest. Again, it sounds like something out of Saturday Night Live. Do you have any Muhammad cartoon contests out where you live, Melody? Not that I know of. Would you like one? No. Huh? I mean, who would even think of, I mean, this sort of contest? And I mean, really? But, uh, yeah, one thing you did make mention that it's almost like it was set up. You know, let's go to a part of the country, and, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. It really is. And I don't know what these guys were I don't even know what about. This... They had two people come up to shoot all right, the contest. So what do they do? They start shooting at armed guards. And apparently they don't even shoot very well because one guy they hit in the knee and they didn't even get the rest of them. I mean, this was, I don't know who these two Muslims, presumably Muslims were that came to shoot up this contest, but they weren't good shots for no. one who were the ones yeah. that were actually killed? Were they the ones that were actually killed? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there was the gunman that came up. Huh. It starts shooting at Texas police. <clears throat> I mean, you've got to take your life in your hands. You even look at them funny. But you start shooting at them, you can expect they will return fire. All right? This is – Texas is not a liberal-minded state, and the police are certainly not liberal-minded. And – you know, if you're going to bomb something, you're going to shoot something, you ought to at least get in next to it. Start shooting at the guards outside the building. I don't know. It was just stupid, you know, it's tragically stupid, but stupid. So <clears throat> learning exercise, a learning experience for some people, but uh, for others, maybe not. What's next, Melody? I don't know, just wild and crazy. Carly Fiorina, she's a 
former Hewlett Packard CEO. She's running for president. She made some interesting statements uh, on America, Good Morning America, ABCs, and uh, def- defending why she's, I don't know, defending, but describing mm. why she's the best person uh, uh, to be president. Um, if she says because I understand how the economy actually works. Yeah, if she did, she'd still be working for Hewlett Packard. But go ahead. Well, it's an interesting claim. It's what she's implying there is she thinks that politicians talk about the economy as if it works one way, and she says I know from my experience in the business world how the economy really works. And therefore, I should be elected president. All by itself, it's kind of interesting. She's saying, ah, the rest of these idiots, they don't even know how the economy works. And she's at least implicitly referring to Hillary Clinton. She goes on and says, I understand the world, who's in it, how the world works. She's claiming that her understanding of who's in the world, who's significant, how the world works, her understanding is more accurate and in-depth than that of someone like Hillary Clinton, who's been a Secretary of State and the United States Senator. Um, she said, no, she doesn't really get it. I do. I understand bureaucracies, and that's what our federal government has become, a giant, bloated, unaccountable, corrupt bureaucracy. There, I agree with her. All right? A giant, bloated, unaccountable, correct, uh, corrupt bureaucracy. I agree with that. That's what it's become to a significant extent. It's also a bureaucracy that's regularly engaged in treason and will, you know, with the treaties and some of the other laws they pass, we have a government that is betraying us on a daily basis. And I would hope that somebody, uh, I don't believe, I don't believe Hillary Clinton is going to do anything to stop that betrayal. I mean, there's just no reason to look at Hillary and say, oh, she's going to fight for the common people in this country any more than Barack Obama's fighting for the blacks. He's letting all the Mexicans come in. He's encouraging illegal aliens to come into this country who take jobs away from the blacks. He's not doing them any good. He's not doing this country any good. I I, I don't believe Hillary will be any different. She may give things a somewhat different spin, but in the end, the, the agenda that's being implemented by our own government is to try to diminish and take this country down. They're not trying to help us. They're not trying to strengthen us. They're trying to weaken us. And someone needs to do something to stop that. And one of the first things you can do is get on the phone and tell them. Call your congressman. Tell the lying SOB. And I don't care if it's your I don't care if your congressman is your father, your mother, your son or your daughter, brother or sister. If he's been elected more than once to Congress, he is a lying SOB. He's not working for the benefit of this country. And there might be exceptions to what I just said, but there won't be many of them. Ninety percent of them are working against our best interests. And nobody seems to care. She says, I, I, Carly Fiorina, she says, I understand technology, which is a tool both to reimagine government and re-engage citizens in the process of government. I agree that it would be a good thing to re-engage citizens in the process of government. I am wary of her, 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 her plan to reimagine government. I reimagine that government, uh, that constitutional government, would be restored in this country. That's what I imagine. 
And I don't expect to see it, but that's what I imagine. What does she reimagine for government? I mean, we have a constitution, which is the people's law. There's God's law, number one, the people's law, number two. People's law, the constitution, your state, and the federal government. It starts out, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. The constitution was not drafted by the government. It was drafted by the people. It was validated by the people. And it's up to the people to change the Constitution. That's why Article 5 provides a process for amending the Constitution. It's not a living document, which is what a bunch of uh, judiciary uh, courts have said. Oh, it's a living document. No, it's not. It means today the same thing it meant when it was ratified back in 1788, unless it has subsequently been amended by we the people. And the only people who can say what the Constitution means are we the people. That's what it should be. But the judiciary has claimed that role for itself without warrant to do so, but they've gotten away with it for close to two centuries. And it was a big mistake on the part of us to let them. Anytime a constitutional issue comes up, who should decide what it means? At the trial court level, constitutional issues should be decided by the authors of the Constitution. And I don't mean... Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and so on. I'm talking about we the people. It should be up to the jury. And if someone wants to take it up on appeal, then the courts can listen to it. But at the trial court level, the people should decide, is this what the Constitution means or does it mean something else? And we've been allowing the courts to make these decisions for us, and, it's, and they've betrayed us. They've made decisions that are best for the government and not best for the American people, which is a complete inversion of what this country was supposed to be. The government was supposed to be our public servant, not our master. But we have abandoned, we have not simply allowed government to usurp the role of master. We have lost our memory of our own capacity our legal capacity to be the masters in this country, and we've turned it over to a professional class of politicians. Um, Hillary, Ms. Ms. Fiorina mounted an unsuccessful bid for the U.S. Senate in 2010 uh, to California. She acknowledged that past presidents have more experience in politics than she does. She said the nation was intended uh, to be citizen government, and that's what I'm talking about. And that people across the country don't believe there's a need for a professional political class. I agree 100%. This is a pivotal point for our nation, so I think it's totally reasonable to look outside the political class that's been in Washington for a really long time. She's not just talking about a political class. She's also talking about the Republican Party and Democrat Party that are so well established that both of them seem to be bent on the same thing, which is promoting the New World Order. Mrs. Farin has been one of the leading critics of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. She complains about Hillary using the private email system and foreign donations to the Clinton Foundation. And that Benghazi thing is still going on. I mean, there are photographs of the men who were not just, not just died there. Four men died, Americans died in Benghazi, who had been repeatedly requesting aid and assistance from the government, and the government didn't back them up. And Hillary later said, what difference does it make? That was her response. She didn't think it was significant. There are pictures that are available of those men, at least one of them, being tortured 
All right, not a little, a lot. They didn't die easy, they died hard, and they didn't even need to die, except Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton opted to do nothing to save them. I think that's going to turn up before these, before the, uh, this next election cycle is finished, and when it does, if it, if it turns up big time, I think it may be enough to run Hillary out of, out of the race. If these Republicans have any... Yeah, I know what you Cajones. can say, but you can't... Uh, <laughs> If any of them has the ability or, or the desire or... But will they? But will they? I don't know. Who's going to bring this up? All right? That's a big question. Will the Republicans bring this issue up? I mean, they might. I'm not saying they won't. But I'm not going to be surprised if even the Republicans say, go easy, let's not talk about this. And it's completely wrong. But look what happened to the emails. She takes a visit to the White House before she makes her announcement that she's running for, uh, for president. She visits the White House prior to her announcement, and all of a sudden all the information about the emails has pretty much been eliminated. Yep. So they might address it, but certainly not to the degree that they... No, she's going to just bluff her way through it. And that's one of the things I don't like about this woman. She is just shameless. Her pursuit of power is so enormous that she doesn't care what happens. She doesn't care what she gets caught doing. She is going to continue to run for the presidency unless something really extraordinary and clearly public opinion turns her back on Hillary. Well, they've been she able doesn't to get care away. what you catch her doing. It doesn't matter. You know, when they Bill get Clinton away with the, everything. Well, I understand that, but so does everybody else in Washington. It's rare for anyone to be but held accountable. they've been doing it for 30 years. For how long? Well, I understand. And it's something that's got to be stopped. I mean, Someone's got to be held accountable. And it's not a question of just someone. Everyone's got to be held accountable who is accountable. And they need to be made to understand that there is a price to pay for betraying this country and behaving in a way that's criminal, unethical, uh, contrary to the best interests of the United States of America, insofar as they, they embrace that kind of conduct, they're going to pay a price. And that price has to be enforced by we the people, and we have failed to do so. We let them get away. You understand? We let them get away with extraordinary crimes. You know, there was a situation, Congressman Dannemeyer out of California, during the Clinton administration, he calculated that there were 26 individuals that had been closely associated with Bill Clinton that had died under mysterious or uh, under mysterious circumstances. I don't know 26 people that I've known my entire lifetime that have died as of, you know, and I'm a senior citizen. Bill had 26 who died under unusual circumstances. And the implication, Dana Meyer said this was horrifying and frightening, and the implication, whether it was true or false, remains to be seen. The evidence was never really investigated. And, in fact, subsequent lists wound up with something I believe was the, the list was increased to something like 42 before it was done. Forty-two individuals closely associated with Bill Clinton dead. The implication was, was that Mr. Clinton had been, had been somehow associated with these fatalities. And you can bet, if that were true, you can bet that Hillary is not completely unaware. Well, 
I'm aware that we have to stop and take more commercials. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom, and we'll be back on the financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Astor with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Um, I think we ought to talk about, because we're going to talk about the um, uh, TPP agreement uh, treaty. And uh, But this is from the Wall Street Journal, how immigrants to the U.S. from China top those from Mexico. Now, I'm not sure if these, I know where you're going. No, I'm you not don't. sure. So while the data include undocumented immigrants, it may undercount them. So I doubt if they've actually truly have topped 
those from Mexico. But as far as record keeping and and, and the, the paper trails, supposedly they have. Well, it depends on whether we're talking about immigrants that are legally admitted or we're talking about immigrants that that's are what illegally. Just, that's what I just said. All right. I'm just trying to make sure I understand what you're and talking about. It may the be that includes, the number of legal immigrants from China exceeds the number of legal immigrants from Mexico, but the number of legal immigrants from China might not exceed the number of illegal immigrants from Mexico. But is that what they mean or is that not what they mean? What it means is China was the country of origin for 147,000 recent U.S. immigrants in 2013, while Mexico sent just 125,000. This is according to the Census Bureau, so these are legal. Uh, With India, 129 immigrants also topped Mexico, though the two countries' results weren't statistically different from each other. Uh, For the study presented last week at the Population Association of America Conference in San Diego... Researchers analyzed annual immigration data for t- from for 2000 to 2013 from the American Community Survey. The mandatory annual survey conducted by the Census Bureau asked where respondents lived the year before. Researchers counted as an immigrant any foreign-born person in the U.S. who said they previously lived abroad without asking about legal status. Okay, so it so could include the data, illegal. So it could. So while the data include undocumented immigrants, it may undercount them. Well, I think the question is, we'll yeah, it probably know. does. It probably does because they're not going to admit very few people are. If they've come in here illegally, they're not going to say, "Oh yeah, I was I was living in Mexico last year. I was living in Hong Kong last year. I was living in Peking last year, but now I'm here." They wouldn't trust the system. I wouldn't no. expect them to I'm trust the system. I'm assuming the illegal, I'm sure there's still many more that this country will not address or admit to of undocumented uh, illegal aliens. So I'm sure there's still more of those crossing the border from, from uh, the Latin countries. Well, but it's more still, convenient. You know, there's a convenience factor when it comes to Entering a country illegally, it's a lot harder to cross an ocean, uh, the Pacific Ocean, than it is to cross the Rio Grande. The whole point truly is, though, it's not whether they're Chinese, Mexicans, or India, or space aliens. By 2014, according to census projections, and 2014 is not that far away. The end. What do you mean 2014? 2014 is last year. 2044. I'm sorry. 2044. The hmm. entire U.S. population will have no racial majority, and instead a melting pot of minorities will shape American society and politics. Hispanics are still the U.S. largest racial or ethnic minority group, but about two-thirds of them are now native-born. Well, the world is changing. The country is changing. I'm not convinced it's for the better. Um, but it's not simply a question of, you know, illegal aliens are corrupting this country or having an adverse impact. And they're going to take jobs. And they're going to cut the the wage scale. It can't be any other way. You have more people in this country looking for jobs who are willing to work for minimum wage or even less to have some sort of a job. That creates a downward pressure on employment wages for everybody. 
Um, and it'll catch up. If it hasn't already, it's going to catch up with all of us. The American dream, which is that every generation would live better than the previous generation, that has been in effect throughout American history up until the 1970s. And then it started to slack off. And now who believes that your children are going to live as well as, as you are? Who is optimistic about the future? So, oh, yes, the American dream is still alive and well. No, it's not. No, it's not. And what's going to happen is your children are going to be living in something very close to poverty, or it's some, I won't say poverty, but certainly a lower standard of living than their parents. Probably children will have a lower standard of living than their parents, certainly than their grandparents. Uh, and where is this going to turn around? When do we become you know, one of the most powerful and wealthiest nations on earth again. When do we get to that point again? Anybody know? Do you see that in our future? Because I don't. And the reason, and the reason we've lost, when I was a little boy, again, back in the 1950s, 60s, we were the wealthiest country on earth. We were the world's number one lender. We we're the world's number one creditor. Now we're the world's number one debtor. There's no way that change is not going to come back to hurt us badly. And on one level, I'll sit back and say, well, the American people deserve it, even though I'm part of them. Because we have been irresponsible. We've trusted politicians who don't deserve our trust, and they have betrayed us and betrayed us and betrayed us. But even if we are to some extent, and a substantial extent, responsible for what's happened in this country, We'll be even more responsible in the future if we don't understand who's really wrecking this country. And the answer is the, the leadership of the Republican Party and the leadership of the Democrat Party. Neither one of them is working in your best interest or the nation's best interest. All of them are working for what appears to be a North American Union and a new world order. And it's important that we recognize who's really responsible and hold them accountable. You know, if we were willing to hold these people accountable, they might stop. We might get politicians that actually would do what they're supposed to do, which is work for the best interests of this country, instead of getting politicians that are working against us. We've got an article here from the Washington Times entitled Selling Out the Constitution and Main Street on Trade. And it talks about the fast track process that's being proposed for the Trans-Pacific Partnership and Trade Treaties. All right? And these treaties have been negotiated in secret. Why? Because they know if the American people find out what's really going on, they will riot, they will act to stop it. So what they've done is they just let's negotiate in secret. We won't let the peons hear about it. And then we'll try to implement fast-track authority within the government of the United States to ratify these treaties. And this Washington Times article explains, first, President Obama wants fast-track authority to limit the power of Congress. According to Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, Congress alone has the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations. Yet, congressional Republicans want to cede that power to the president. 
we have a bill, we have a government that's built on the present on the premise that we have separation of powers and it means that if you're in the judicial department you can't legislate and you can't enforce laws you can't act you can't exercise any of the powers of the executive branch you can't exercise the powers of the legislative branch if you're in the legislative branch you can make laws but you don't enforce laws which is the business of the executive branch and you don't interpret the laws which is the exe- which is the business of the judicial branch and the idea is that the three branches of government executive legislative and judicial are supposed to operate in isolation from the other two. They're supposed to be separate and distinct. And what Congress is doing, and the Republicans in particular, say, let's give some of our congressional power to the president. Flat-out violation of the doctrine of separation of powers. No proviso for Congress to make this kind of sacrifice in the Constitution as understood by the American people. This is this constitutes act of treason. They want to limit the power of government or of, of Congress. Will dump the power, give the power to President Obama, and if the people get angry later on, they can blame Obama. And the Congress can continue to behave irresponsibly and just walk around with their hands out and see how many political campaign contributions, that is to say, bribes they can collect from multinational corporations. The article continues, it says, although the president has granted broad negotiating powers for treaties, fast-track guts the two-thirds requirement for Senate ratification. Under the Constitution, ratify a treaty, it takes two-thirds of the Senate. But what they want to do is they say, we're going to change that, and we're going to only have half of the House of Representatives and half the Senate. If they vote for, if they vote for the treaty, then the treaty is good. All right? If it was two-thirds, they'd never get it passed. Half, they can do that. There's no proviso for half in the Constitution. This is clearly an unconstitutional process that they are attempting to implement here. And it's they will eliminate the two-thirds requirement for Senate ratification. Fast track will limit debate, eliminates amendments, and requires a mere simple majority in both houses of Congress for the passage of any trade agreement under the allotted procedure. Fast track binds the hands of future Congresses by ceding the power of trade agreements beyond the two-year term of its current members. In other words, a popular revolt. We get to imagine that we enact this new Trans-Pacific Trade Treaty because we're stupid and lazy, but we figure out after a couple of years, and they say, oh my gosh, I can't get a job, I can't pay the rent, I can't have a house, I can't get a car, in part because of this Trans-Pacific Trade Treaty. And people say, let's stop it, make it stop, end it. And they are attempting, they are attempting to bind future generations and say, nope, you can't go back and repeal this thing. Once we get this new treaty in, I won't say that repeal is absolutely impossible, but it is extraordinarily difficult. If they can fool you one time, you will not have an opportunity to get smart and say, wait a second, I changed my mind. Um, uh, whatever. <laughs> and here's something else. Free trade records of destroying jobs is uh, is obvious since the U.S. signed NAFTA in 1994. The American trade deficit with the world has grown by almost 500 percent to 722 billion in 2014, and nearly 4 million U.S. manufacturing jobs have vanished 
in the post-NAFTA era. Again, Ross Perot, he warned us all in 1992, he said, if you pass NAFTA, there's going to be a giant sucking sound as the jobs are sucked out of this country and shipped over to foreign countries. And he was exactly right, except there was no giant sucking sound. The jobs left, but they left quietly, and nobody paid much attention. But that is what's probably one of the key reasons for a lack of economic recovery since the onset of the Great Recession. Huh? How are we going to have an economic recovery when we shift our jobs and our industries overseas? That was a function of NAFTA's free trade agreement. Now we have a new and improved Trans-Pacific partnership, which will be another free trade agreement. I guarantee you, you are all going to take it in the neck. Your children will take it in the neck. Your grandchildren will take it in the neck if you allow your Congress, your Senate, your president to enact the Trans-Pacific Partnership. All right. You need to get on the phone, get on the email. I don't care what you have to do. If you've got to ride a horse, go to Washington, D.C., and make them understand this cannot be. And if your congressmen, your senators vote for this, then make it abundantly clear they'll never be reelected. And stick to it. Don't just threaten them. Make a mark. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they, if they eliminate death. No moral reelections. You're not coming back under any circumstances. So, I don't know, we are in difficult times. This is simply evidence. This Trans-Pacific Partnership is simply more evidence of a government that is clearly, undeniably working in ways that are obviously, undeniably unconstitutional, contrary to the best interests of the American people, and they're betting that you folks are going to sit on your butts and do nothing. And if you do, this country will just go further down the toilet. And when it happens, don't complain. Obamacare was the one instance uh, to to test the people to see if they could get it through. And uh, we've been told by people who worked on the the Affordable Care Act that uh, um, they absolutely presented the program in, in a way to which the stupid people of America yep. would accept intended. it. They were, it so, was intended to you know, it's all marketing, mislead. folks. They do all, you know, you guys are so, the people are so controlled and manipulated to accept everything that they give you. They test you and, and condition. And then laugh at you. And then yeah. laugh at you. Damn fools voted against their own best interests again. From the government's point of view, most Americans don't have brains enough to be a crook. They'll just follow along if the government says, well, we need to do this. Well, you know, if the Congress says so, if the president says so, I guess we need to to follow orders. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we'll be right back. will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? 
Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Well, I just wanted to uh, share with the listeners a comparison that I did uh, with some online sellers of gold and silver. I was comparing my prices with uh, just a couple. There's many more. And uh, uh, for the one-ounce gold eagle coins, we were all pretty much the same price. Um I used uh, Atmax, JM Bullion, and Kitco. Although Kitco does have some uh, hefty shipping costs, uh, they charge per thousand for um, that I could read on their internet. You mean per thousand? They charge not just per coin per se or per, per weight. Per thousand dollars. Per thousand dollars. That is correct. That okay. is correct. Now I know I've seen some things where they have free shipping and everything, but I'm basing this on one ounce gold American Eagle coins. Pretty much, we were all the same in the price on those. One tenth ounce gold eagles. This was based on Friday's price of gold at eleven seventy five. Atmex was one thirty five. JM Bullion was one forty. Kitco was one thirty four, and my price was one thirty two, one hundred and thirty two dollars. Silver Eagles, I just did the most popular items. I, they have thousands and thousands of products, and and I'm I'm sure there's some really good deals on some of those. But this is the main um, products that I believe are important in a portfolio. One ounce Silver Eagles spot was six twelve. Uh, prices range from nineteen eighty one to twenty thirty six. My price was 1931 so again i was lower by 50 cents kicko was actually the same price but again they have higher shipping costs uh 90 silver 
Um, that ranged uh, per $1 face value from $13.40 to $13.29. Mine was $13 per $1 face value. Uh, the most significant was the 1921 Morgans. Uh, they ranged from $24 to $27. My price was $22.50. So, folks, uh, when you're out there doing your cost comparisons, make sure you're doing apples to apples. Give us a call, and uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, uh, do your comparison for you. 1-800-375-4188. We're using Friday's prices for this little special since uh, these were the, the numbers that I used uh, for the comparisons, one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle and $132. We're going to use Friday's price for one-ounce Silver Eagles, and um, this includes your shipping cost for $538. You can buy one or 100 of these specials, and if you'd like to bring this up to the 2015 number, the $2,015, you can have the same special for the Silver Eagles and the one-tenth ounce Gold Eagle, and we will just add a Mint State 64 $20 gold piece, and that would bring your total package to 2015. 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. We've got an article here from Reuters. Bull market super cycle for stocks, bonds is ending. That's according to Bill Gross. Bill Gross is the oh, principal behind Janus. What is the Janus Capital Group, which deals with, I believe, over a billion dollars in assets. And he's the principal behind that. He says the bull market super cycle for stocks and bonds is approaching an end as the unconventional monetary policies that have bolstered asset prices since the financial crisis are running out. Okay? Now, what he's saying is that the Federal Reserve, and principally, and to a lesser extent, the federal government, they pretty much exhausted their resources for controlling the economy and trying to stimulate the economy. He is at least implying that he doesn't expect a significant resurrection of quantitative easing in the form of quantitative easing for. Now, there's other people who say it's going to definitely happen, but he's at least implying he doesn't expect to see more quantitative easing. He doesn't think that the, in, that the uh, near zero interest rates can be sustained indefinitely. He doesn't say that expressly, but that's the implication when he says the unconventional monetary prices that have bolstered asset prices, stock markets, since the onset of the Great Recession, the unconventional monetary prices are policies, excuse me, are running out. Right. And he is anticipating that without these unconventional monetary prices, they won't be able to sustain 18,000 on the Dow, for example. Um, the attempt by global central banks to cure a debt crisis with more debt doesn't have much further to run. That's what we have in this article, which will end a rally that's lasted three and a half decades. Credit-based oxygen is running out, Gross wrote in the Outlook, titled A Sense of an Ending, in which he compared the final stages of the market cycle to his own mortality. 
He says, I merely have a sense of an ending, a secular bull market ending with a whimper, not a bang. Well, you know, hard to say what's going on here entirely. Um, Bill Gross is apparently, he's, he's, when he when he tangles his own mortality up, a sense of his own mortality with a sense that the market is coming to an ending, it's hard to know for sure if his opinions are accurate or merely personal. Are they objectively reflecting what's happening out in the markets, or are they primarily an expression of he's become concerned that, you know, the end is near, he's 71 years old. That means he's a really, <laughs> he's a really old guy, Melody. He's 71. I, really? on the other hand, am the <laughs> youthful 70. So I'm not concerned right, with my mortality at this point in time. Now, I don't allow my, I don't have any concerns about my mortality, as a matter of fact. So it doesn't confuse, it doesn't, it doesn't color my judgment or my opinions. Maybe it does his. Uh, so what do you think? Are we coming to an end of the markets, bull market, ending with a whimper? Rather than a bang, do you think, uh, what do you think, Melody, whimper or bang? Well, I learned a long time ago you can never underestimate their power and their ability to keep things going and, and to control things. They certainly have seen and tested the stimulus program. So uh, they do know how that type of a control that many, many, many of us could never, just never imagined uh, that they would be able to pull it off, but they have done you have to give them credit where credit is due. Does it make it right? No, it doesn't. But, I mean, uh, they have been able to control it. I believe, and I've said for a very long time, you can, we're going to wake up one day and the whole world will be changed. Now, whether that one change is due to some sort of catastrophic uh, outside event, natural event, occurrence um, that, that does these things, I mean, we certainly see a lot more of, um, oh, my gosh, earthquakes and all kinds of crazy things that are happening um any one of these you know could change everything um so i still believe we're going to wake up one day and the whole world will change people will try to scramble and get their finances in order in a short period of time and that will only create you know um more um fear or um, it just won't be done. I mean, I mean, do you think we're going to wake up and the world will change one day, or has the world already changed and we'll wake up one day and we'll recognize that change? I mean, you I see what I'm world, saying? Yeah, I think the world has changed, but I, I believe that dramatically. The, I think the final nail in the coffin will come with a bang. And I think it has to just, do with it's just not a, It's just not a realization of the problem and that the world has changed. I think there will be mass amount of funds lost to people. Um, their, their, their lives are going to change drastically. And but I think I believe the, I'm, I'm just suggesting that the reason for the losses is already there. All right. But the public doesn't recognize it yet. And that public recognition will at least be one of the nails in the coffin. Well, they're maybe not the last nail in the coffin. As long as people think and believe, I mean, the government understands this. And they're constantly trying to boost uh, public confidence by lying to us. And what I'm saying is, 
at the moment when that confidence is finally lost, if there is such a moment, that's when the stuff definitely hits the fan. So long as the people think things are okay, paradoxically, they can kind of continue to muddle through. But if and when we get to a moment where people say, oh, my gosh, I don't have any confidence in this system anymore, at that point, even though the reasons for losing confidence may have been generated years before. So I'm thinking, I'm speculating. It's the awareness and the resulting loss of confidence that will trigger the problem. Do you think that's, do you agree? Do you disagree? I mean, it, you know, if you have some sort of a natural catastrophic event in, in, in a major point and, and things begin to fall apart, it could be it, it could be in an event. It could mm-hmm. be just from the loss of confidence. But usually a trigger will have to, uh, there's some sort of a trigger that makes people lose confidence. They're, just, they're, not, but, they're uh, not smart enough to recognize it on their own. They have to see, well, maybe not, feel. Maybe they're smart it's enough, an emotion. They- they have to see it and feel it. It's gonna, in order for confidence to be lost, they have to feel it. They have to be affected by it, and they have to know it. I don't think it's just that way. I think they have to admit it to themselves. They say, oh, my gosh. Many of them. Well, I, a lot of what's going on in the world right now, a lot of people understand or have at least some vague understanding that we're on a bad, uh, we're on a bad track. We're headed in a bad direction. They get that. They understand it, but they haven't exactly admitted it, in a, at least in a, maybe to themselves, maybe in a public way where they say, oh, my gosh, this thing is really, really bad. They haven't made that admission, and as long as they refuse to admit that, you know, uh, you got some splaining to do, Lucy, um, maybe Lucy doesn't have any splaining to do. Or does or Barack Obama or John Boehner or, or you know Nancy Pelosi? They don't have to explain until the people finally admit we have a problem. And if that were true, then we have to ask ourselves: Is you know to what extent are we sustaining this system? Because we don't have the courage to face the problem. We're not going to fix the problem until we admit the problem. We're not going to fix the problem until we diagnose the problem. We're not going to diagnose it until you admit the problem. You've got to face it. As long as we refuse to admit the problem or we are reluctant to admit it, we allow the problem to just fester and grow larger and larger. And uh, it's kind of like a lump, you know, on your body. And we are going through, you know, maybe it'll go well, away. Maybe it'll just spontaneously go away. But maybe if you continue to allow the lump to grow, you're going to have a very big problem. Well, here's an interesting thing that just came out. Clinton, Hillary Clinton agrees to testify on Benghazi and emails this month. And... Um, we don't have time to to go into to details on it, but she'll probably write the script. <laughs> well, questions to ask and so forth. But from a is, political perspective, if she can get that off her, yep. you know, get out from under those issues I today rather can. than a year from now, it's better for her to kind of try to eliminate the problem. I don't know that she'll be able to, but I don't doubt that she will try. You know, she'll try to get 
just be done with it. We talked about that. We had a congressional hearing. They gave, they whitewashed the whole thing, and they said I wasn't responsible for any of those problems. Everything I did was legal, and it was okay. And that would be my guess. She's we'll watch gonna, and see what happens. Gonna... It's going to be interesting to see how her testimony is received because that reception will at least imply whether or not members of Congress, well, even Republicans, are saying, give her a break, let's not talk about well, this anymore. Well, let me put this in there. She's only going to testify only for one session. And um, um, her attorney, I believe, yeah, her lawyer, David Kendall, said Clinton would answer all lawmakers' questions during one session and it would not be necessary for her to appear twice. Isn't that just great, you know, being able to control How long is the session? Yeah. Is this a five-minute session or, or how long does this session last? There's the question. <laughs> I know. Oh, well. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, another distraction also. This is just another distraction because this is all we're going to hear about for the next month until she finally does it. I'm going to get some calliope music for this program. <laughs> it is uh, when we talk about Washington, it's the greatest show on earth with Barack Obama as the ringmaster and Hillary vying the job. She wants to be ringmaster too. I'm Alfred Adisk. I'm not trying to be the ringmaster. I'm just co-host with Melody Cedarstrom here on Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you'll tune in at that time. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dream, I have a plan. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? 
Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Okay, I uh, have a some sort of problem here, I'm sure, with uh, my sound is very low. I don't understand why, but I'm working on it. All right, well, there we go. That's uh, better, I suppose. Uh, hmm. Uh, very strange. Very strange. Anyway, uh, let's turn that down a little bit. That's too high. See, there's a thing here between too low and too high, and uh, there seems to be something wrong with this, and I don't get what. So... with my own uh, deal here. But there, I guess that's just going to have to do it. (laughs) All right, well, anyway, we're here. It's Monday, May 4th, because, you know, usually by Tuesday I have these kind of problems fixed. Uh, But it is Monday. It's May 4th. It's about nine minutes after 2 p.m. Pacific time. If that's true where you're at, we are, in fact, live, and live means you can participate in the show. Now, folks, I'm going to give you an 800 number, and honestly, right now, today, I don't know if this is going to stay the number or not. And I'll explain, not in great detail, but a little detail. You've heard of porting numbers, correct? Well, I have this 800 number through a company that has become intolerable to deal with. And I don't need them. Okay? There's too many other choices. I've already got it fixed to make it work just fine. Except, the holdup is, while they say, oh yes, you can port your numbers, which means if you go to a different company, you can take your number with you. Well, this is what they say. But then when you actually try to do it, companies that are losing business don't want to be necessarily cooperative. And this company is not doing that. It's, it's, you know, it keeps saying, oh, well, you know, this is not the same. This is not the thing. This is not the... Everything they have gotten, they've asked for, they've gotten. And yet they are still not porting the number over. And I have real doubts they will. And I will just get a new 800 number and be done with them after I make my complaints to the PUC and the FCC. Not that that'll do any good because, you know, hey, that's who those uh, those agencies work for, are the companies. They don't work for you. They work for the companies. Better start getting that through your head. The days of calling the night and white from the government to come and fight your battles for you with the evil corporations are over. They've been over, and they're not going to help you. They're going to smile in your face as they bend you over the hood. That's what they do, and that's what they allow these companies to do. Why do you think these companies do what they do? You think they do it because they're afraid that they might get caught by the authorities? They don't care because they know they have purchased the authorities. Folks, there is a fight coming. 
in this country. And you will either die on your knees as a slave, or you'll probably die on your feet fighting. Either way, a lot of people are going to die. Anyway, uh, Federal Communications Commissioner, okay, Ajit Pai, he's the guy, okay, he's the guy that tried to warn us about net neutrality. Of course, they did it anyway because the White House demanded they do it. Well, now he's saying that he foresees a future. Okay, so listen, this is not some paranoid, delusional, right-wing, crackpot, militia, sovereign citizen, patriot, nutcase, right? Okay, this is a commissioner of the FCC. He says he foresees a future in which federal regulators will seek to regulate websites based on political content using the power of the FCC or Federal Elections Commission. He also revealed that his opposition to net neutrality regulations had resulted in personal harassment and threats to his family. Speaking on a panel at the annual Right Online conference in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, Pai told audience members, I can tell you this has not been an easy couple of months personally. My address has been publicly released. My wife's name, my kids' names, my kids' birthdays, my phone number, all kinds of threats have come online. But, gee, why don't we do that? Hey, why don't we do that to all the uh, senators? To all the congressmen, why don't we do that? Why don't we release all their names, all their kids, everything, and show where they go to school, what their schedules are, just so we can know, because we're interested. I mean, look at look at the dimwits out there now going, oh, what are they going to name their baby? What are they going to name their baby? What are they going to... Who cares what they name that little abomination? Who cares? Oh, but if we started doing that, oh, no, no, no. See, they've already gotten people in trouble for outing police officers' names and locations and all that. But this guy, it's okay. You, I guarantee you nobody's going to get prosecuted for harassing this guy. Why? Because the lynch mob isn't going to do a thing to help him. Oh, and those of you out there that still don't realize what the lynch mob is... That's uh, the agency formerly known as the Justice Department. Pi, one of two Republicans on the five-member FCC, has been an outspoken critic of net neutrality regulations passed by the agency February 26th. The rules, which are set to take effect June 12th, reclassify Internet providers as utilities and command them not to block or throttle online traffic. Yes. That's one thing it does, which I think, you know, everything, everybody would be happy with that. I mean, really, look, if you buy a certain amount of bandwidth, you should be able to use it. What is the problem here? I mean, honestly, folks, what is the deal? 
There is no issue here. They keep saying, well, you know, Netflix, blah, 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 blah. They're using too much bandwidth. Why? Why are they using too much bandwidth? We're not running out of bandwidth. And you know what? If they can pay for the bandwidth they use, which they are, I know I am, you are, everybody out there has to pay for their bandwidth, even if you're on a free Wi-Fi. Somebody is providing that, and they are paying for it. So, you know, and hey, if you want slower, you pay less. You want more, you pay more. So where's the deal? What's the throttling back? What? Oh, does that mean, you mean if I buy unlimited? Yeah, I don't see the FCC stepping in with this, do you? You see, every phone company out there, every internet provider out there, they like to shovel around the term unlimited. Okay? Unlimited bandwidth. Unlimited minutes. Unlimited long distance. Unlimited. Well, you know what unlimited means? It means 60 minutes per day. That's what unlimited means, folks. 60 minutes per day. That's right. For your phone, unlimited long distance, 60 minutes a day. Now, some of you are thinking, well, boy, that's a lot of long distance. Sure it is. But I'm talking on a business line, folks. Do you realize residential unlimited, at least from AT&T, the last time I dealt with them, was 30 minutes per day? Except they didn't do it per day. They did it per month. But the mathematics came out to 30 minutes a day would exceed their unlimited usage for the month. That was residential, of course. This last time, which was only last week, was a business account with unlimited. And that was a whole 60 minutes for business. So if your business uses more than 60 minutes per day on long distance... Hey, you're going to get a little letter from your phone company saying, uh, we're going to put, we're not going to cancel you. We're just going to put you on a metered. We're going to just change your plan from unlimited to metered. Yeah, that's right, folks. So why is the FCC allowing them all to say unlimited when it's, not anywhere near unlimited. For instance, like a DSL provider, residential, says unlimited. But actually that means 250 gigabytes a month. Now, okay, listen, for a residential home, that that's pretty good. I mean, that's quite a bit. And, and they have a pretty good price for that. It's only like 40-something $42 a month or $39.99 comes out to 44 with the taxes and everything. But, you know, it's not that much, and it, it is quite a lot of bandwidth, 250 gigabytes. But it's not unlimited. Okay, that is not unlimited. And I don't have any problem with, you know, would I not get it if it said the truth and said 250 gigabytes for 40-whatever dollars a month? No. I'd look at it and say, well, 
I don't think I'll be using that. You know, I don't think I'll be using that much. So, yeah, I'll do that. Now, if I'm somebody who says, oh, boy, I'm going to run Netflix off of this thing, right? Well, then I might think again if I was just told the truth. No, you get 250 gigabytes. You can do whatever you want with 250 gigabytes. But that's all you're going to get for this price, for this usage, for this plan. But they don't. They try to, they lie to everybody. Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. You know, I think they would do much better by just telling people what they actually get. And then, you know, selling it as that. Hey, you know what? Maybe cut the price in half and give some people 100 gigabytes. You know, because that would be plenty for most people, for a lot of people, probably the majority. Maybe not my, you know, most, but probably a majority of people online at home. You know, 100 gigabytes a month would be enough. And if they could get it for 20 bucks, or <laughs> now... 10 bucks, I think a lot of people would go with that. Because why should I spend 40 if I don't need 40? Hmm? You know, so, you know, and there are some. Now, business services can be unlimited for data, you know, for Internet. And they mean it. You know, it's really unlimited. And uh, But, hey, you still have got the speed factor and you've got all that stuff. But, you know, just tell the truth. But why is the FCC not making them tell the truth? Because they're owned. Some marketing jack wagon at these companies have decided that people like the sound of unlimited, even though it's not true. Okay? Even though it's not true. Well, let's see what net neutrality does for that. Because come June 12th, if somebody out there has an unlimited plan and they're squawking at you about, uh, oh, you've gone over your unlimited plan. Oh, really? Well, hey, guess what? You can't throttle me back. Oh, I'm sure they've got ways around it because... the. Folks, this net neutrality does not benefit the user at all. None. This is simply a giveaway to the corporations again. And the federal government has now taken over. They have said now the Internet is a public utility, meaning that it will be regulated as a monopoly. Do you understand that is the FCC's authority over public utilities? This was the reasoning is because, well, you have a power company. You have a telephone company where you live. And they're the only game in town. So in their area, they are exercising monopoly powers. And seeing as how they are, and the government had an agenda to where, hey, you know, we want everybody to be able to use the electricity and to use the phones, 
back in the day. Now they're going the other way, but they had that agenda. And they realized that, hey, having these monopolies around could disrupt, you know, the whole of usage. You know, if a couple of companies in an area decided, well, hey, we're going to just start charging whatever. Go to the other electric company. <laughs> right? Well, the government steps in and says, we're going to make rules. You're a public utility. You're exercising monopoly powers. And you've got to understand that. Why I keep saying that is because the authorization, the jurisdiction, the reasoning behind the legality of the FCC regulating the industry at all is based on the fact that they were exercising monopoly powers. Are the Internet providers exercising monopoly powers? No, they haven't. Are they a monopoly? No, they're not. So you see, at the base of the law, there is no jurisdiction for the FCC to regulate the Internet providers because there is no monopoly. There's no exercise of monopoly powers. And that is the only justification for the FCC to regulate the industries whatsoever. Other than that, they would be a free market and say, hey, you know what, you can charge whatever you can charge for electricity. However, you know, if there's an electric company that says, say, say they're doing solar, or say they're doing hydro, or say they're doing uh, tidal power, or even wind. And once they set up their thing, uh, now, hey, other than maintenance, all the electricity they produce is free or very low cost. But then it's next door to a coal-fired plant where they've got to buy all that coal or a diesel-fired plant where they've got to buy all that diesel. Well, guess what? They're going to be able to sell it cheaper. But you see, that's not allowed. The way they have the power grid set up is you don't do that. You just feed your power into the grid. We could call it the matrix. And then it gets distributed amongst all the users of it. And, you know, power being created by a hydro dam is the same power created by a diesel-fired plant. And it all goes down the line into the grid. Uh-huh. Folks, they have taken that out because, you see, here in Oregon, we used to get cheap power. Why? Because most of our power came from the hydroelectric dam, Bonneville, up on the Columbia River. Oh, but then you see the wisdom in Congress was, that's not fair. That's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair? We're using our resources where we live to create something for us. But it's not fair. Why should you pay less than everybody else? It's not fair because it's all the same power in the grid. It's not fair. So now we get to pay, you know, more. Because it's not fair. See, that's communism, folks. And that's what the FCC is. The FCC is now, and, and people can argue and say that, well, it is a necessary evil. And it may be as far as regulating monopolies. 
But when you take them and say, well, now we're going to regulate some other business that is not a monopoly, well, that's way wrong. And it's against the law, okay? And I hope somebody sues on that, you know, on that, uh, of course, you're not going to be able to. Nobody really can sue until July 12th because, I mean, I've watched this so many times in the past where, you know, something will get passed and it's coming into law and somebody will say, okay, that's it. I can see we're going to be damaged and I'm going to sue. And they do and they get to court and it gets thrown out because the court rules that, well, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there, there's no damage. Nobody's been damaged. Yeah, but I'm going to be damaged. This is imminent damage coming. Doesn't matter. Nobody has been damaged yet, so you, you're out of here. And they do this over and over again. So, June 12th, you know, we'll see if uh, anybody... Uh, you know, will sue, and and I hope they don't sue just because they don't like it and it's no good for their business and, uh, you know, this and that. I hope they sue on the basis that, okay, you're damaging me, I can show this, and uh, you're damaging me by breaking the law. You are not, you have no jurisdiction to enforce these regulations the way you are because your whole power, the whole basis of your jurisdiction is based on the fact that a monopoly exists or there are monopoly powers being exercised, and there are none. So, you know, that, that's the basis. That's the whole thing. It's kind of like the suit about Obamacare. It cuts to the core. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they say, oh, well, you know, it's unconstitutional well the supreme court turned around and said no it's not because it's a tax okay it's a tax so they weaseled their way out of it that way even though obama sold it to the country telling them specifically it's not a tax right but somebody cut to the core and said well really well the way the law is written uh federal exchange people who buy their insurance off the federal exchange, which are happening in something like 32 states or something, you don't get any subsidies because that's the way the law is written. That cuts to the core. Anyway, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a bit. There's a whole lot more news, and I'll try to speed it up.
that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. 
No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- 225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 4th of May, 2015, and it's about 2.44 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. You can participate in the show, 855-566-3738. Like I said, I don't know how much longer we're going to have that toll-free number. Oh, we'll have a toll-free number. It's probably going to be different, though, so... uh, you know, we'll see if I can get the phone company to actually do what they say they'll do. Uh, but if not, I, I'm about done fooling with them. Anyway, uh, it works now, so you can try it now. Or you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com and uh, hit the chat room up. Go to the chat room and you can participate in the show. Okay, let's see here. Uh I wonder, let me try something here. Maybe, uh, I don't know how the the sound will change when I flip these buttons here, but I'm going to try anyway. It doesn't seem to make any difference at all. And let's see, The Room got the first song, Head East, was the band... That's the game, Best uh, guess the band, uh, Never Been Any Reason is the song, very popular, got a lot of radio play, not a very popular band, but hey. The second one the room did not get, it was Eddie and the Hot Rods, I Might Be Lying. I love that line. <laughs> when you see me uh, there and you ask me and I say I'm doing fine, <laughs> but I might be lying. I like that line. Anyway, alright, let's... uh. Let's get on uh, some news here. Oh, so much news. Did the FCC, you know, they're the, the Republican who uh, opposed net neutrality is getting death threats now, and not just on himself, uh, his whole family. He says, I could easily see this migrating over to the direction of content. What you're seeing now is an impulse not to just regulate the roads over which traffic goes, but the traffic itself. Continuing, he said, it's conceivable to me to see the government saying, we think Drudge Report is having a disproportionate effect on our political discourse. He doesn't have to file anything with the FCC. The FCC doesn't have the ability to regulate anything he says, and we want to start tamping down on websites like that. In February, Pi co-authored an editorial with former FEC chairman Lee Goodman that warned of efforts by those agencies to regulate content online. It is unthinkable that some government agency would say the marketplace of ideas is too fraught with dissonance. That everything from the Drudge Report to Fox News is playing unfairly in the online political speech sandbox. You see, this is the whole thing, folks. Look... The commies have no other choice. They have tried Air America. They have tried their liberal garbage. Okay? Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to hear it. Okay? Nobody wants to hear their liberal drivel. All right? This is why they cannot compete in the marketplace. Because nobody wants to hear it. Not even their own liberal commies want to hear it. Because you see, your average Democrat is not this communist pig you see on TV, like Mad Cow, or, 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 well, just MSNBC, or CNN. 
and half of Fox. Yeah, that's right, folks. Half of Fox are full of liberals. Hello, Geraldo Rivera, whatever his name is. Oh, sure, he's a real conservative. Not, he's on Fox News. Yeah, it's not fair. Nobody likes us. Nobody wants to listen to us. So uh, make the government, make them listen to us. That's really what they want. This is where they're going. It's what they've always wanted. It's the whole foundation of what PBS is. PBS is the only, and I'm putting quotes around, successful liberal entity out there because the fact is it's subsidized by the government alright how about this the sun is now virtually blank during the weakest solar cycle in more than a hundred years that's right when they say blank and, and you can see it on the pictures here because I saw the headline I wondered what do you mean blank blank how can the sun be blank? <laughs> well, what they mean is they're looking at the sun and there's virtually no solar storms going on. All right? It's blank, meaning it's calm. The sun is almost completely blank, the main driver of all weather and climate. Let me, let me read that again to you climate change morons. The main driver of all weather and climate. The entity which occupies 99.86% of all the mass in our solar system. The great ball of fire in the sky has gone quiet again during what is likely to be the weakest sunspot cycle in more than a century. The sun's X-ray output has flatlined in recent days and NOAA forecasters estimate a scant 1% chance of strong flares in the next 24 hours. Not since cycle 14 peaked in February 1906 has there been a solar cycle with fewer sunspots. We are currently more than six years into solar cycle 24 and the current nearly blank sun may signal the end of the solar maximum phase. Solar cycle 24 began after an unusually deep solar minimum that lasted from 2007 to 2009, which included more spotless days on the sun compared to any minimum in almost a century. The smoothed sunspot number for solar cycle 24 reached a peak of 81.9 in April 2014. And it is looking increasingly likely that this spike will be considered to be the solar maximum for this cycle. The second peak in the cycle surpassed the level of an earlier peak that reached 66.9 in February 2012. Many solar cycles are double peaked, however. This is the first one in which the second peak in a sunspot number was larger than the first peak, going back to 1755. People have been watching the sun quite a while. There have only been a few solar cycles in the previous 23 that have had a lower number of sunspots during its maximum phase. You see, this is its maximum phase, folks. So you're getting the whole idea here why it might be a little warmer from time to time, seeing as how 
the sun is at its maximum phase? Do you think it's a coincidence that they came out and said, oh, we have man-made, uh, you know, global warming. It's your farting cows. It's your SUVs. It's you. You're causing the temperature to go up. You have to stop. You have to start riding a bicycle and eat vegetables instead of cows. you got to stop, stop, stop. It's a, We're all going to die, die, die. Except, do you think it really was an, a, just a coincidence that they came up with this crap during a solar maximum? Huh? I mean, what a good scam. Hey, we know the cycle, so uh, let's start calling global warming man-made, and the evidence will show it's true, because the sun is at its maximum. Except, you see, their little plan ain't working so good, because now the sun is, like, not cooperating with their little scheme. Yeah, it's in its maximum, but it's not very active. Things ain't working out the way they thought they would. Everybody's starting to catch on to their lie. Why do you think that? Why do you think they're in such a hurry to do things like, okay, we got to fast track this. We got to fast track this. Really, what's the hurry? Why do we have to fast track this trade agreement? Hmm? Why do we have to fast track anything? What is the hurry here? What's the big rush? Well, the big rush is, see, they're about to be their pants pulled down as liars and frauds. And it's going to become so obvious, there's no way they're going to be able to lie their way out of it, even to the biggest dimwit out there. And there are lots of dimwits out there. Normally, intelligent people who buy into this whole man-made global warming, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just amazing. But even they will realize, wow, we've been lied to. This was all a lie. Here's something else. A string of moderate earthquakes has rattled the East Bay Sunday. East Bay meaning, you know, around San Francisco. Shaking buildings. There were no immediate reports of injuries. The U.S. Geological Survey says an earthquake with a preliminary magnitude of 4.0 hit at 2.13 p.m. Sunday. That quake was later downgraded to a 3.6 by the USGS. It was centered a mile south of Concord, along the Concord Fault. A series of smaller quakes shook the area in moments before and after the larger one. Hmm. Okie dokie, then. Oh, man, I don't know if you've seen this, folks, but... uh, What they're feeding the children in school is a crime. And the crime is perpetrated by Michael Obama. Okay, this this has been brought about by her, and it's pathetic. A social media post surfaced recently that showed kids making remarks about their school's lunch. The picture showed burned burritos with melted plastic still on the food when kids were served lunch at the Filippi Middle School. One grandparent said they chose to serve the food instead of throwing it away. Quote, They are eating plastic and the chemicals that melted with the plastic. That's not good. I think this was something they weren't used to making, so they just burned it rather than than choosing to throw them away and remaking something else because that's what's on the menu that day. They served them. That was the grandparents said that. Of course, the Barber County Board of Education said they're aware of the situation and they're working to train the staff. Really? 
Here's the quote. I am aware of the situation that happened in Felipe Middle School regarding lunch, and on behalf of the Board of Education and myself, I extend an apology to the students and families that were involved with that, and we're going to train to make sure it doesn't happen again. Really? And, And who was punished for this? Was anybody punished for this? I don't think so. You see, now, folks, look, you're a lunch worker. You work in a cafeteria, and you're going to serve somebody. And this, man, you should see the picture of this. But imagine a burnt burrito inside a plastic bag melted around it. All right? Here's your lunch, children. You know what? You're working in a cafeteria, and you do that? You're fired, man. You're fired. How come nobody's becoming, uh, you know, unemployed over this? No, we're just going to issue an apology, and we're going to train the little darlings. Yeah, they'll do better next time. Unbelievable. Hey, Obama's out there, uh, you know, shooting holes in the media. Why? Because they're lying scumbags who pump out nothing but government propaganda? No, because they're focusing on the violence in Baltimore rather than, you know, the people doing good in Baltimore. Oh, really? The whole city's on fire. You know, and and he wants the media to focus on people working to make things better in there. Huh. America's future depends on us caring about this. If we don't, then we will just keep going through the same cycles, President. We ask the police to go into communities where there is no hope. Eventually something happens. Well, really? Oh, here's something. Guess what? Baltimore, not long ago, just received billions of dollars in federal aid. Why? Jobs and education. How's that working out? Wait a minute. He says no hope. Really? No hope? Why? You mean money doesn't buy hope because it's all being corrupted? Yeah, here's a billion dollars for jobs and, uh, you know, uh, education. And what ends up happening to that billion dollars? It ends up getting sucked up by the corrupt people running the programs. That's what happens. None of it gets to the people. This is the problem. You know, this is what's happened in third world nations all the time. It's not the fact that there are no resources in third world nations. It's not the fact that, oh, well, there's just bad weather or whatever in third world nations. It's corruption. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of resources. But the very few at the top are taking everything and leaving nothing for anybody else. That's what creates a third world nation. And you know what? You better get used to it because you're fixing to be living in a third world nation because that's exactly the situation we have going on in the United States. We have a bunch of corrupt people taking everything at the very top and giving nothing to anybody below. And why? It's because that's the way they want it. I'll be back again tonight. We'll do two hours. But... Between now and then, we've got a full day of great stuff, so don't go anywhere. And as always, thanks for listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU-band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Oh, okay. Uh, lovely Skype problems. <laughs> this is the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler. In case you haven't figured it out, it's your confused host for the for the Constitutional Crusader Show. Today is well. It's May the May the Fourth be with you. Har har har. Which means, of course, that means tomorrow is Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah, I know. Har, there we go. That's the last of the Star Wars jokes. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is. We, of course, give an exception to those from Media Matters and that hate group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and, of course, those government agents that are paid to listen to this show because, after all, if they was to engage in thought... um, well, that would create a hostile work environment, and we don't want that to happen, so we give them an exception. But if you'd like to call in, it's real simple. You just dial up 855-566-3738, or you may send an instant message directly to the host through Yahoo Instant Messenger. The ID is KC7AQK. There, now that we got all that out of the way, We like to open up this show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy, quote, He was already dead, he reflected. It seemed to him that it was only now, when he had begun to be able to formulate his thoughts, that he had taken the decisive step. The consequences of every act are included in the act itself. He wrote, thought crime does not entail death. Thought crime is death. End quote. And of course, that would be from George Orwell's 1984, Chapter 2, Paragraphs 42 and 43, and that is exactly right. Thought crime is death, and that's what we have an awful lot of these days, my friends. And if you haven't been noticing, then you just haven't been paying attention. Okay, we have 23 pages in our show newsletter. Your thoughts, comments, suggestions, smoke signals, and whatever else happens to come across the transom. And we will get to as much of it as possible right after this little disclaimer. Warning! This show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. Get 
And welcome back to the show. I, again, I just have to keep telling myself, I love Skype. I love Skype. I love Skype. Even though all the time there's just one little thing after another that uh, is not going right with Skype. Uh, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. No, I'm not new to Skype. I saw that comment. <laughs> okay, remember, my friends, my job is very simple. It is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. And I do it the same way you can do it by asking questions, but that can only happen if you start to or support this show. I say start to because most of you don't. But anyway, it's real simple. You know, just support the show, support the network. Well, it is the first Monday of the month, and as the first Monday of the month, we do a lot of things in regarding to the idea of thought crimes and such. And as I like to say on the first Monday, I've noticed a very disturbing trend. And what that trend is, is that in the recent past, there have been more and more stories about law-abiding citizens arrested over comments made on Facebook, Blogster, MySpace, and other social networking sites. And the thing is, is that we are facing more thought crimes, which means that I need to, once again, make it perfectly clear and with this uptick in crime, thankfully, state tactics, I need to make this disclaimer, which applies to everything I've said or done from the beginning of time until such time as I tell you otherwise. And it's very simple. It goes like this. Your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, is in no way threatening any kind of physical, mental, or emotional harm, i.e. a thought crime, to any elected politician or bureau rat. And if you as a politician or bureau rat feel that I have been, then that feeling is based purely upon the limited functioning of your own depraved and shoe-sized IQ mind. If you feel threatened by the likes of a harmless political commentator like me, you really need to get out of the leech business and do something productive. You know, like mowing lawns or painting over graffiti or offering yourself as a live target to DHS so they can become less queasy over shooting Americans. Now, for those of you who say that what I just said is an example of thought crime in and of itself, no, it's not. It is political speech and satire. Unfortunately, due to the totalitarian nature of the Orwellian world we now live in with doublespeak, ink sock, doublethink, and things like homeland security, well, the satire I do is becoming not because of anything I am saying or doing, but by the actions of a more aggressive and totalitarian ministry of love that locks people up because of perceived threats, the very thing I started out as satire years ago is now the new thought crime. Welcome, my friends, to the new reality. Big Brother is here. Cult of Personality is here. Ingsoc is here. Prism is here. Metadata is here. NSA's X-Key score is here. All these things I've talked about a lot on this show, my friends. And is it any wonder I close the show each week the way I do? Well, if any of this has been confusing or the terms unfamiliar to you or the meaning behind what I'm saying feels obscure, then at the very least, read the Wikipedia page on 1984, or better yet, read the book itself, until these terms and their meanings become familiar to you. I will give you a warning, however. Becoming familiar with them will, if you truly deeply understand these terms and concepts, will prevent the last sentence of the book 
from happening to you like it has happened to far too many of our fellow men. You see, what we have here is a system where our benevolent government has turned in to the enemy of every living thing on this planet. It doesn't matter if you're a tree in the Amazon rainforest, a bug crawling through the desert, or an American citizen. Know this. The U.S. federal government is an enemy to every living thing on Earth. And that is the absolute truth, my friends. Now, it is time for First Monday Stories. And this is it. Amazing, my friends. This is the second time since I've started this focus on presenting to you thought crime news that I've not been able to scour out news on thought crimes. So either this show and the efforts of others that are similarly engaged are waking people up to it and therefore causing the cockroaches of our benevolent leaders to scurry for cover, or they are just finding better ways to hide their activities. Only time will tell, so we will remain vigilant. End of First Monday Stories. That's it, my friends. Now, this has been going viral from a blog. I liked it so much I copied it so I could share it with you here today. The City Paper from Baltimore had this in their comments section. Freddie Gray had a pre-existing spinal and neck injury and had severe damage from scar tissue from an accident that the Allstate Insurance was paying him a large structured settlement. Have you heard about this, my friends? Freddie had several unsuccessful spinal fusion surgeries. His most recent spinal cervical operation was a week and a half before he was arrested. Have you heard about this? Hmm. Freddie should have been in bed, home in bed, resting and recovering from a recent major operation instead of manufacturing and distributing drugs on the streets and resisting arrest. Freddie had a criminal record pages long for manufacturing and distributing controlled dangerous drugs, which were cocaine, crack, heroin, etc., along with many assault charges. Now, of course, these things are only dangerous because our government has made them dangerous, my friends. They would not be dangerous if it weren't for the insane war on drugs. You wouldn't have, well, you'd still have some but you wouldn't have the massive numbers of overdoses and bad reactions and problems if the insane war on drugs were ended yesterday because things would be regulated, my friends. You would be able to go and buy them at known quantities of strength and use them at known quantities of strength and not have overdose problems and such. But we have this insane war on drugs, and that is exactly what Freddie Gray is essentially a victim of in one way, the insane war on drugs. So, it, doing a search, 
from the time he was 18 years old, we find a very long list of things that he was engaged in. And you'll also see from my judiciary case search where he was trying to cash his spinal injury payments into one lump sum through Peachtree funding. And he could have easily fallen in that paddy wagon from the slippery bench or the floor or twisted his fused spine to reopen his recently fused damaged spine. And also, let's not forget, the police that arrested him were also black, not white. So why are people destroying their own homes and revenue when they don't know the whole story? Well, mostly because it's a good reason and timing to loot and get new shoes and stolen goods. Well, you got it. None of the police officers that arrested Freddie had a history of police brutality. That is an interesting point, my friends, and that's why I want to bring it up. Freddie was a dangerous career felon. Of course, most of the career felonies is, again, due to that insane war on drugs. But nonetheless, with a damaged spine and neck that were supposed to be at home healing a week and a half after surgery, not running around the streets and resisting arrest, you know, there we go. It's nonsense, my friends. It is nonsense. And this is why it's so important. Alan West puts it very well. The dirty little secret no one wants to admit about Baltimore. He goes into it this way. The population of Baltimore is 622,000 and 63% of its population, dare we say it, is black. The mayor, the the state's attorney, the police chief, and city council president are also black, as is 48% of the police force. But as 36-year-old Robert Stokes says, quote, you look around and see unemployment, filling out job applications and being turned down because of where you live and your demographic, it's much bigger than the police department, end quote. Well... Everyone wants to have an honest conversation about race. So, let's endeavor to do just that. Now, of course, oh, it looks like we have an instant message. Hang on. I didn't even see that until just now. What do we got here? Um, Yeah, he looked at the police, then ran. They had no other reason to arrest him other than he looked at them and ran. Yes, that's true. That's true. And again... He ran because of the insane war on drugs. If it wasn't for the insane war on drugs, he wouldn't have had 95% of his arrests that at least are listed since he's been 18 years old. I don't know about what happened before he was 18, obviously. But again, it's most of this is due to that insane war on drugs. But, so... Oh, yes, this is true. Yes, I'm being reminded. It is, in a way, about color. It's that color blue. The blue gang. Yeah, the cops. Uh, There is a problem there. But anyway, but back to the other issue of race. When you speak the hard truth about race issues in America, and not just the liberal progressive 
talking points. And if you're white, you're branded a racist. And if you're black, well, then y'all just watch the comments and see the degenerating drivel. And trust me, my friends, this article by Alan West, there are a lot of degenerating drivel comments and... 99% of them, oh, dang, nabbit, by noticing this, I guess I'm a racist, 95% of them are from black people. Wow, I guess that makes me racist. Sorry, not. John Nolte posted on Breitbart.com the following. Contrary to the emotional blackmail some leftists are attempting to peddle, Baltimore is not America's problem or shame. That failed city is solely and completely a Democrat problem. Like many failed cities, Detroit comes to mind, and every city besieged recently by rioting, Democrats and their union pals have had carte blanche to inflict their ideas and policies on Baltimore since 1967, the last time there was a Republican mayor. In 2012, after four years of his own failed policies, President Bio won a whopping 87.4% of the Baltimore City vote. Democrats run the city of Baltimore, the unions, the schools, and yes, the police force. Since 1969, there have only been two Republican governors in the state of Maryland. Elijah Cummings that name should be familiar to you, has represented Baltimore in the U.S. Congress for more than 30 years. John Nolte continues and says, As I write this, despite his objective, objectively disastrous reign, the Democrat-infested lamestream media, I'll call it what it is, is treating the Democrats like the local folk hero, not the obvious and glaring failure he really is. Every single member of the Baltimore City Council is Democrat. Liberalism and all the toxic government dependence and cronyism and union corruption and the failed schools that come along with it has run amok in Baltimore for more than half a century, and that is Baltimore's problem. It is the free people of Baltimore who elect and then re-elect those who institute policies that have so spectacularly failed that once great city. It is the free people of Baltimore who elected Mayor Space to Destroy. End quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Miss B, no, excuse me, I'm re misreading that. Miss D, there we go. <laughs> Boy, Miss D from Oregon, here we go, makes a comment here via Yahoo Instant Messenger, and you can too. The KC7AQK is the Yahoo Instant Messenger ID, and she writes and says, as more and more drugs that are made that are more natural are made illegal, there is more and more experimentation for new highs that are not illegal. 
Sadly, there is no testing. So these are more dangerous, and this is why, to me, it is an insane war on drugs. Very good point. I've said it myself in other times. I just didn't say it today. But that is a very good point, Miss D. Um, you, you got it. But back to Baltimore's problem here. Mr. Nolte is white. And we all know the invectives which will be hurled his way because of what he said, but he is absolutely correct. Watching the news from Baltimore and hearing all the condemnations from some about being kept down and the lack of jobs, opportunity, good schools, well, then I got a question. Why do these black people keep voting for the same people? And this isn't a phenomenon isolated to Baltimore. No, every single major urban center in America is run by Democrats. More specifically, liberal progressives, black or white. The morass that became Detroit, the killing fields of Chicago, the depravity of Washington, D.C., the shame of South Dallas, and yes, even the place that was once Alan West's home, as he writes it, Atlanta, even with all of its successful black entertainers. Alan West writes and says he remembers the first black mayor of Atlanta, Maynard Jackson. He says, that guy was a leader and even spoke at his high school baccalaureate. But today, Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed has done such a bang-up job that even the Atlanta Braves are moving to Cobb County. Just do the assessment yourself. Who are the elected officials heading up the urban centers? And where does one find the most dire socioeconomic statistics? Yet, we hear these rioters blame whites. Well, they need to make sure they're specifically blaming the correct whites, those on the left. Blacks have been herded into these inner city clusters, a new economic plantation in this 50th year of President LBJ's all have these niggers voting Democrat for 200 years. That's a direct quote. So don't you get upset that I use that N word. He used it. And then... Well, the unintended or maybe intended consequences are deplorable. Mr. Nolte brings up an interesting comparative analysis. He writes and says, poverty has nothing to do with it. This madness and chaos and anarchy is a Democrat-driven culture that... The poverty level is 31.3%. Medium income is only 34,000 plus. In both these, we are much worse off than Baltimore, but or Baltimore that has a poverty rate of only 23.8% and a medium income of 41,000 plus. Despite all that, we don't riot here in Watuga County. Thankfully, we have not been poisoned by the same left-wing culture that is rotting Baltimore and so many other cities like it from the inside out. And we get along remarkably well. We are neighbors. We are people who help out one another. We take pride in our community and are grateful for what we have. And we are far from perfect, but we work out our many differences in civilized ways. 
Solutions are our goal, not cronyism, narcissistic victimhood, and the blaming of others, end quote. My friends, I'm going to give you even more evidence of this cronyism, this corruptness, the poverty, and who is specifically responsible in the rest of the show. So you're really going to want to pull up a chair and listen close, my friends, because I am going to lay into this with both fists, and I am not going to hold anything back on it. So now you have an incentive to continue listening to the rest of the show. Because there it is. The truth is a very, very powerful thing, my friends. And that's what we're going to continue exploring on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? 
Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, and yes, I'm on fire today. I'm really getting into this concept of what is really going on and why Baltimore has become, along with Ferguson and so many other places, a microcosm of what is really going on. And I left off the last half hour saying, you know, we would talk about the truth here. I will remind you that in Black's Law Dictionary, truth is defined as an absence of controversy. Well, yeah, there is no controversy here. This is settled. And it's settled that the dirty little secret that no one wants to admit is that Baltimore and so many other urban centers and inner city communities in America are a reflection of the abject failure of liberal <clears throat> progressive socialist policies as advanced by today's Democrat and, and the Crony, cap, crony capitalist Republicans, too. They are equally responsible, even though Alan West won't go so far as to say that. I will. So, Mr. Nolte's piece, which Ms. Alan West loved to quote from while he's doing his analysis, was spot on, and this is not about an American failure. That is true. It is about a Democrat, and I will keep going and saying a Republican crony capitalism failure, too. So ask yourself, who were the ones who developed the concept of urban economic empowerment zones as opposed to the ones who have produced urban depraved enslavement zones? Yeah. Now, there's a couple of related articles to this, which I'm just going to give here as sort of links of interest here, right here. One is Freddie Gray's arrest record explains why, and also from against crony capitalism, Baltimore Orioles VP in wake of riots says part of the problem is the surveillance state. A very good, interesting take, my friends. So, those are related to that. Now, I'm not really switching gears. It may seem like I'm switching gears, but... Stick with me, friends, because we're connecting the dots. 
I have been saying that this is a goal of the federal government for over 10 years, maybe closer to 15, now that I think about it, and I've been laughed at for suggesting this. What's the this? Well, I haven't said what the this is yet, so hang on with me, that I've been laughed at, I've been told that will never happen, nobody would suggest that, and I said back then, just wait. And now I've been vindicated. I don't like it one bit. I would rather stay wrong. So what is it I said? And what would I want to stay wrong about? Well, let's read this headline. What could go wrong? Al Sharpton says, and local police. And he wants a, wait for it, nationalized police force. Yeah. That will never happen. Nobody would suggest that. I've been vindicated, my friends. Remember the last major nationalized police force? Yeah. We called them the Gestapo in Germany. And we called them the secret police in both Russia and Italy. Hmm... Nationalized police forces. What could go wrong? Yes, exactly, my friends. Bader Al Sharpton is now trying to push the idea of outlawing local police departments and the creation Across the country. Wow. That's, f and, and this is a quote here, what we got here. Here we go. Oh, wait, we have an instant message. What do we got? Um, no sound. What do you mean no sound? Uh, it's working here. Um, um, is, oh, I'm back now. Okay, good. Whew. Oh, boy. I, I don't know what the heck that was all about. I heard a little beep in, um, in, in the, my speakers, but I didn't know what the heck it was. Oh, maybe that was it. Lost sound for a second. I'm sorry. Anyway, where was we? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Let's see what Sharpton had to say <clears throat> in his own words. He said, that's why we're going to do this march from here to Washington. We need the Justice Department to step in and take over policing in this country, end quote. Well, Jim Hoft had it exactly right. It's never been about Michael Brown or Freddie Gray or Trayvon. It's always been about more government control. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, yes. And, of course, that is the thing. Yes, the Justice Department or formerly known as the Justice Department, they should change their name to the lynch mob. Exactly. I, I agree thoroughly. Well, on that subject, 
Sharpton announced it, then came Obama. Obama unveils the plan to further nationalize local police. Alex Newman reports and says the Obama administration and its Task Force 21st Century Policing Plan are under fire after unveiling an unconstitutional plot to impose federal standards on state and local police forces, which critics say is in effect an underhanded plan to further nationalize and federalize local law enforcement. Widely lambasted as common core for the police, the BO plan outlines dozens of controversial <clears throat> recommendations to be foisted on state and local law enforcement agencies using tax, federal tax dollars as bribes. The same unconstitutional process used to impose those hugely unpopular national common core standards on states and schools nationwide. Opponents say it's part of a dangerous long-term plan that must be opposed. The controversial BO administration demands for national standards for police come a few months and here we go. We're going we're gonna to tie this in here, my friends. It comes a few months after UN Nations boss, Ban Ki-moon, called for America police to obey, quote, are you ready for this? International standards, end quote. Yeah, that's what the U.N. says. Ban Ki-moon from the U.N., he says, American police are to obey international standards. Well, the efforts to further nationalize and federalize local law enforcement, a state and local responsibility under Americans' constitutional system, are also in line with B.O.'s campaign rhetoric. Remember? about building a, quote, civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded, end quote. Remember those words? Those were his words, my friends. Just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded as the U.S. military. Uh-huh. Of course, as Congress revealed in an official report, the communist effort to nationalize American police force goes back decades. Which is why I've been saying this for a while, and people have been laughing at me. Oh, nobody will do that. No, that would never happen. They laughed at me. I said, just wait. Just wait. Here it is. After meeting with his task force on 21st century policing created via executive order, Obama celebrated the scheme to bring law enforcement further under the control of his administration. He also argued that it must be done quickly. He said, quote, I'm going to be asking Eric Holder and the Justice Department and his successor to go through all of these recommendations so we can start implementing them. He further explained, quote, I know one area that's going to be of great interest is whether we can expand the DOJ Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services, otherwise known as the 
COPS program that in the past has been very effective, continues to be effective, but is, and here come the magic words, largely underfunded, end quote. To Obama, of course, virtually every unconstitutional, bloated, federal agency and program is underfunded. However, in reality, the Constitution he supposedly swore to uphold does not authorize a COPS program or anything like it. So any funding at all is too much funding based on the objective standard laid out in the supreme law of the land as the interim report was being released on march 2nd though bo glossed over those issues saying the plot offered a quote great opportunity to really transform how we think about community law enforcement relations yeah he said quote we need to seize that opportunity which is, of course, echoing that old never-let-a-crisis-go-to-waste rhetoric of him and other statists. Quote, this is something that I'm going to stay very focused on in the months to come, B.O. concluded. According to the interim report, by B.O.'s task force, two DOJ tentacles, the COPS scheme and the Office of Justice programs, quote, should provide technical assistance and incentive funding to jurisdictions with small police agencies that take steps toward shared services in return for receiving federal funds, end quote. You see how it starts, my friends? Get the little forces that are that feel that they're underfunded and lure, trail a couple of hundred dollar bills on a string through their office and see if they bite and take them. And then when the little guys get involved, well, they can only get involved if they share resources with the larger ones, which now make the larger ones have the pressure to also accept the funds because if they don't, well, then they can't partner with the little ones. So in order to get the funds, they got to accept them uh, and, and partner with the little ones. You see how it snowballs, my friends? This is how it works. This is how it, it grows. This is why I'm here, my friends, to help connect the dots for you. So, the Office of Justice program has come under fire, obviously, for providing taxpayer-funded grants to a community group in New York that participated in the production of a rap video literally promoting the murder of police officers. Yep. And this, you see, don't let a good opportunity go to waste, you know, a good crisis go to waste. No, we'll stir the pot and then blame the pot for being bubbling because someone else did it. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. Bingo. What I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Never let a serious crisis go to waste because it's an opportunity to do things that you could not do before. Exactly. Thank you, Frank. I didn't ask for it, but that is exactly on the point. Exactly. 
And there it is. And that's what we have here. It's going to take over, and next thing you know, it's not a local police force. It's a national police force. And what is all of this thing? Well, see, the thing is, it's like this. Critics say, and I'm a critic too, Oh, B.O.'s plan ought to be ringing alarm bells. After all, quote, Americans everywhere should be very concerned about federal oversight of local police agencies, end quote. And that was explained by former Detective Jim Fitzgerald, the National Field Director for the John Birch Society, which is the parent organization of the magazine I'm reading to you from here. And the Constitutionalist Group, the John Birch Society, which has chapters in all 50 states, has been running a campaign for decades called Support Your Local Police and Keep Them Independent. That's been their campaign. And the effort is meant to, among other goals, protect local communities from having their police departments turned into tentacles of an all powerful government. Oh, okay, that's I thought that voice sounded familiar. That was that was good old Rahm Emanuel. You know, the guy who loved to say that over and over again, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it without uh the confirmation. I appreciate that. So, what do we have here? Well, all of this, my friends, is because of ex- extremists like the anti-Christian group, that, that hate group, that hate-mongering group, no, otherwise known as the Southern Poverty Law Center, among others, hand-in-hand hand with the Justice Department, creating this entire fictitious monster and then the riots and the funding of small police you see where are you connecting the dots yet my friends if you're not you haven't been paying attention I will refer you to a 1961 report entitled a communist plot against the free world police And this is from the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. Congress, and it explained how communist agents across the West were working to nationalize and federalize police forces with a special focus on, surprise, surprise, the United States. Well, the thing is, is that this explosive study was broomed under the rug. That would never happen in America. That never happened. Nobody would be dumb enough to do that. Here we go. Here we go. Right there. Now, <laughs> yeah, what can I say? It's, it's, there it is. So, another article, and it's on why the idea of a national police force is a bad idea, in addition to all the ones that I've just given. And, of course, it has to do with the drug war and asset forfeiture. So, with all that, why does the left still support federal control of local policing? Well, it's very simple, my friends. 
Glenn, otherwise known as Instapundent Reynolds, has a great article in USA Today demolishing the idea floated by the BO administration and pushed, of course, by Al Sharpton that a national police force would somehow be an improvement from a civil liberties perspective over the current situation. You see, the BO administration's proposal is more tempered, uh huh that the feds should use more local police grants to compel local and state police agencies to behave in a certain way. And, of course, we've explained what that certain way is. Well, just the fact that one day the U.S. will have a president, that every person who might say they supported this idea will detest, you know, like Bush for half the country or B.O. for the other half, more or less, well, that ought to be enough to pinch it in the bud. But the federal government does have a role to play in police oversight, an oversight role, not a funding role. Federal grants, what have they done? They've helped militarize the police, expand the practice of asset forfeiture, and then, of course, fueled the drug war. And none of these goals were explicitly articulated when the grants were passed. After all, it was all about law and order and safety. Mm-hmm. Well, look what it's gotten us. Since 2009, the Department of Justice has opened more than 20 pattern and practice investigations into police departments around the country over alleged patterns and practices of civil rights abuse. The BO administration picked up the pace on these, but the DOJ has been conducting such investigations since the mid-1990s. And the Fed's ability to investigate local police departments, and for what you read in Reynolds' column, local police departments' ability to investigate misbehavior by local Feds, well, it fosters better police departments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Reynolds offers some other solutions. This is what he says. Instead, if we're really serious about increasing law enforcement accountability. We should, wait for it, end civil service protections for federal employees while outlawing outlawing public employee unions. We should also abolish governmental immunity for federal, state, and local employees, forcing them to face civil law sets lawsuits for illegal behavior just as the rest of us must do. Instead of centralizing law enforcement, we should promote decentralization and accountability. Accountability is a good thing. Sharpton should try it sometime. End quote. You see, tying these federal grants to the best practices model is a slippery slope because that term best practices is vague and hard to define and federal grants have done a lot to create today's untenable situation in the first place 
After all, aggressively waging the drug war was once a best practice the feds encouraged by encouraging local police departments to adopt. Well, oh, we got another instant message. This is a day, good day for instant messages. And, and uh, oh, yes, yeah, well, that's the way to define best practices. It's whatever the feds say it is at any given time. It's sort of like the term racist. It's whatever the people's throwing it around. Mean it to mean that particular hour, let alone minute, my friends. Yeah. Well, anyway, where was I? Um, so how can the feds try to provide operating guidelines for local law enforcement agencies to respect civil rights when the federal law enforcement agencies often operate in a way that disregards those rights. But perhaps there's a role for federal grants to encourage clear, specific actions by local police departments by requiring local agencies, for example, to track problem cops or even require cops to carry their own liability insurance if they accept federal money. But these are not the kind of proposals being made. The administration has not articulated its desires to tie specific federal grants to any specific ideas for reform, but rather to tie it to this vague idea of best practices. Well, Police violence is too bloody of a problem, and the history of federal influence on police issues from the drug war to militarized police has been too disastrous to take the past-to-see-it-what's-in-it approach. Democrats have taken over the last few years to push laws that feel good, but have the devil in their dirty little understood details. And that's the way it is, my friends. (sighs) Like I said, 15 plus years I've been saying, watch, it's coming. And why did I say that? Because I knew about this report from 1961. I knew about these things. And I saw it happening 15 years ago. And now, bingo, it's being offered from the Oval Office at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and fanned by no less than that good old race baiter Al Sharpton. And it's all tied together, my friends. Corruption, crony capitalism, war on drugs, uh, and militarized police forces drag that $100 bill through the local police department and see what you can catch and tie it all together to the you shall do what we tell you to do mentality. And this is what it's gotten us. When we come back in the next hour, I'm going to talk to you about child protective services. Yeah. And it has to do with Baltimore again, my friends, in case you haven't heard about it. And we instant message here really fast. Uh, race baiter, FBI informant, tax evader, Al Sharpton. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I forgot those other labels. Absolutely true. Race baiter, FBI informant, tax evader, Al Sharpton. Yeah, can't forget all of that. So, like I said, when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about 
Child Protective Services in Baltimore. You'll find out the link when we come back. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. 
If you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, Faux News, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This is the proper place where those beliefs need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. You best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I am your host, Emroy Ben Shadler. Today is still May the 4th Be With You 2015, which of course means tomorrow is Revenge of the 5th. Then there we go. That's all the Star Wars references that I'll do. And we have decided, my friends here at this show, that we are going to try to come up with the definitive title.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.